I feel totally lost, I feel totally alone, very depressed, very anxious about everything, and I don't fit in anywhere. In October of 2006, a press conference was held at a hospital in Denver. During the press conference, a man asks if anyone watching could tell him who he is or how he got there, because he doesn't know. He said, if anybody recognizes me, please let somebody know. A few days later, Good Morning America invited the man onto the show. And we're joined now by the man being called Al, and Detective Virginia Quinones of the Denver Police Department is alongside of him. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Al, you're wearing that same baseball hat that you were wearing when you, were, when you came to on the streets. Why, first of all, why are we calling you Al? Where did that name come from? Uh, it came from Alpha 74 is what they were calling me at, at the hospital. Alpha 74, and you thought Al might be a little better. Uh, yeah, just a little bit more here. What's the last thing you remember before you, you came to and realized you were, you were in the middle of Denver? Uh, just way p- picking myself up, up off, off the ground um, outside of a building downtown Denver. And do you know if you'd ever been to Denver before? Do you know if you're from Denver? Mm, no, I don't. And Virginia, what should people do if they recognize the man sitting next to you? We are asking that they contact the Denver Police Department missing persons. It is such a mystery. Al, we wish you all the best. We we hope that we can have you back with your real name and your real story. You can clear it up for us once you figure it all out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Someone watching Good Morning America that day did recognize the man. Hey, Jeff's on the news. Look at that. That's Jeff. I know that's Jeff. The person watching Good Morning America recognized the man as Jeff Ingram, his sister's boyfriend, and called his sister. So she watched the news report and stuff and then automatically called the Denver Police Department and said, I know who that is. That's that's my boyfriend. So then it just went from there. So they had to, uh, what was it? She said that they had to confirm that... Uh, who, who she was and who I was and stuff like that. So she sent pictures and stuff to the police department and stuff of us together and, you know, to prove that, oh, okay, she's not some crazy person just trying to snag onto a, a, a guy on TV and claim him kind of thing, you know. So I guess that was a pretty big day. This is Jeff Ingram, the man who'd forgotten who he was. He'd forgotten that he lived in Olympia, Washington, that he was 40 years old. And he'd forgotten his fiance, Penny Hansen. What do you remember about, or, or do you remember <laughs> about being reunited with Penny? Uh, I don't remember anything, really. Um, just from what she says, and it was just a few little things because it was really hard for her. It was very an emotional time for her. I was flown out uh, with uh, escort from the Denver Police Department to the Seattle airport. And uh, she said that she ran in, into my arms and I just kind of stood there like, who are you? <laughs> who, you know, kind of like just stunned, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually somebody and somebody's out there for me. And then it, it, she, 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 she knew what to do. You know, she kind of said, you know, okay, well, hi, I'm Penny. I'm your girlfriend, we're, we're engaged and everything. So 
I will, you know, you can trust me and whatever you need to know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Penny informed the authorities that Jeff suffered from a rare psychiatric disorder called dissociative fugue. It's a type of amnesia in which a person forgets everything about who they are and can also travel very far from home. So a a part of it is where you, an episode comes on and you, you just wander. It's like a wanderlust. You just go. You don't know where you're going, but you're going somewhere, but you don't remember anything. Right after the episode happens, I don't remember anything previously of my my life or history prior to that event. So anything after the event, it's all, everything is new. I've got to relearn everything and I got to reintroduce myself to my family and all that other kind of stuff. What a terrifying thing. Yeah, yeah. and you don't know when it's going to happen. It can just happen at any time. It's usually stressful events that usually trigger it. And happy events can trigger it as well, because happy good times is still stress on your body. It's the same thing. Jeff had told his fiancée, Penny, everything about his disorder when they met. She wasn't scared off. She told him that if it happened again, they would handle it together. We met on the internet back in 2004, playing, um, she said there was a gaming site or something that we always, we always played and we always chatted in the, in the chat room with each other and a few other people. And uh, eventually I just ended up wanting to come, I think I was going to a uh, conference or something down in Las Vegas and invited her to come up with me. And she refused, and she thought I wasn't serious. And uh, she found out later on that I was quite serious. (laughs) And then we just kind of hit it, like, we just hit it off, like, so big. Because she was so funny. She was awesome. (laughs) I mean, meeting someone from the Internet and then having this idea of who the person is and then meeting them in real life can sometimes be a very scary thing because they're not exactly who they seem to be on the internet. But, yeah, yeah, but, true, true, yeah. But Penny was, you got the same feeling when you were saw her in person that you did when you talked to her over the internet. Yes, yeah. She said that we had such a great connection and stuff and uh, we've, uh, I guess we corresponded a little bit before I came down, you know, so, you know showing pictures of each other and stuff like that, and, and talking more on the phone. So it's not the internet life kind of guess, you know, because not everybody represents himself honestly on the internet as, as they do in, in person and on, on the phone. It's a little harder to hide behind, uh, you know, the computer screen. Tell me what she was like. Oh, she was... Um, Bubbly personality, like when she, when she entered a room, you knew she was there. Her laughter was extremely contagious. Uh, very, very intelligent person. She worked for the state, so she had a she had to use her brains a lot. So she was an incredibly smart woman. Um, very caring, very loving. Um, loved life completely. 
loved animals. She was all around. She was an amazing woman. She was uh, she was my memory, right? And uh, she had eyesight issues, so I was her eyesight. <laughs> you know, she she was uh, early diagnosed with uh, macular degeneration and retinal dystrophy, which are two eye ailments that you could lose your eyesight. So she was always going through stuff like that. So I said, that's okay, I'll be your eyes if you be my memory. And that worked out just fine. <laughs> it worked out fantastic. Jeff and Penny were happy together for three years. And while Jeff had told Penny about his condition, she'd never seen it before. Until the Denver incident in September of 2006. I was going to meet up with a friend of mine back up in Canada who was uh, passing away from cancer. And I guess she was really, really bad at that time. So I was going to leave. It was in September, early September. And um, I never made it up there. So Penny knew that you were on your way up to Canada to meet this friend. And and when you didn't arrive. Yeah. Alarm bells went off with her. She's like, uh-oh, what's going on? And then she kind of put two and two together, and, and she said, you know, that uh, she told me several times that as I was walking out the door, there was a look in my eye, and she thought, uh-oh, he's having an episode, but she didn't really react on it, or she thought, no, I'm just seeing things. You know, I'm just, I'm just you know, because he's going away for a little while, but he'll, he'll be back. Four days later, Jeff was reportedly walking the streets of Denver, asking for someone to help him because he didn't know who he was. And then I spent all that time in the hospital. They were trying to identify me and find out what's going on. I had all kinds of tests and stuff done to make sure that I wasn't just faking an amnestic episode to get away from something. So, you know, they did the fingerprint checks and they checked on all the databases and and determined that it was a a very real episode of amnesia. And during that time when you were missing and and in this hospital in Denver, not knowing who you were or your history, what was Penny doing? She was frantically trying to find me. Uh, She went through um, all the morgues. She was calling all the morgues between here and Canada and, and talking to my folks all the time and seeing what's going on. They had police searches and uh, and other stuff, but her hands were kind of tied because we weren't married. We were just boyfriend-girlfriend, so most of the police and stuff were going, well, we can't divulge that information because it's HIPAA, you're not related, and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, he's a grown man. He can make his own decisions on his own. Maybe he just left you. And, and she knew it wasn't like that. Oh, so and my and my parents knew it wasn't like that either. So they really, really kept on searching and searching and searching for me all the time while I was gone, and praying too. Yeah. You had left from Olympia, Washington, heading Correct. north to Canada, supposedly. Yeah, straight up I five. Yeah, straight up I five. So so they know which way I would go. And then you're found in Denver, in the complete Denver, opposite yeah. direction. It's kind of like they had the whole country to search. Yeah, and, well, and, and they didn't know where to even start. And in the hospital in, in Denver, when they realized that you weren't 
you know, trying to escape some criminal charge and just lie about not knowing mm-hmm. who you were. When they realized exactly. that this was yeah. really a medical condition, what did they start doing to try to reach out to anyone who might know you? Uh, the biggest thing that they started to do is they put me up with, uh, I was in the hospital there for a while, so um, they they connected me up with the, the, with the Denver Police Department and with two detectives that helped. They kept on going through stuff like with, uh, they went through Homeland Security, checked my, my biometrics, make sure I wasn't in the system or anything like that. So they're hoping to get a hit that way. Did you, in that period of time in the hospital in Denver, have any memories that came back to you about who you no. were? Nothing, just none, blank. None. After every episode, I don't recall anything prior to that episode. You're wiped clean. Completely wiped clean. And it's it's terrifying now for me that there's still the possibility is, is that it will happen again. And my fear now is that I will lose everything that I've learned and done up to this point. And that's been a lot. And there's a lot of people in, in that life that would be... I would be heart heartbroken that I would lose it. But when it happens, I wouldn't know that I've lost it because I wouldn't know what I had to lose in the first place. Jeff had left home on September 6, 2006. Penny's brother recognized him on Good Morning America about seven weeks later. But that wasn't the longest amount of time Jeff had gone missing. In 1995, he disappeared for nine months. He was living in Calgary and had gone out to the grocery store to do some shopping. He never came back. He was found in a hospital in Seattle nine months later, with no idea who he was. So, when he was found in Denver, once again wiped clean, with no recognition of his fiance or even of his mother, the people in his life had to figure out what to do. Jeff's mother told a reporter, It's going to be very difficult again, but I'll do it as many times as I have to, just so I can have my son. Penny spoke to Jeff on the telephone. She said, Hi, I'm Penny, your fiancé. And Jeff asked her, Do we have kids? What's my life like? They began the process of getting to know one another all over again, She showed him photographs of their life. She told him their story and reintroduced him to his friends. They started going to counseling to help manage stress and to help navigate their relationship in light of the episodes. Eventually, Jeff called Penny's mother and asked permission to marry Penny. Penny's mother said, I already told you, yes. They got married on New Year's Eve. Over the years, Jeff continued to have episodes, much shorter. Sometimes he'd be gone for a week or just a few days, sometimes only a day. But it didn't matter. Each time his mind would be wiped completely clean again. And Penny would be there to remind him who he was. Every time, yes. yeah. Every time, what, what, what I do, what I've done... Um... And she always just said, you know, we, we, we take it one step at a time, and when you want to know something, we'll tell you. We don't withhold any information from you. Um, 
and just keeps going like that. And she said that she'd do it every single time, no matter how many times it does, she'd do it every single time. In 2007, Penny told the Seattle Times, There's a reason we're together. It's bigger than us, even though he doesn't know me. So for her, it's like my old husband's back. This old guy's back. Yeah. But for you, it's like a first date every every time every we'd have one time, of these episodes. Yeah. Like yeah. the first time you know, you've ever... You know the movie, like 50 dates. So, you know, it's kind of the real life 50 first dates, but not like that. <laughs> you know, it... For such a terrifying thing as this, that you're completely wiped of any memory, to have someone say, listen, I'm your wife, we have a, a life together... Mm-hmm. Trust me, yeah. you must have to feel something in that person to be able to put that level of trust yeah. in them. I, I think it's that instinct that everybody has, you know, for when you just know something is right and you're, you're supposed to be somewhere or, or, or be with something, that, that intuition. You know, I think mine is just a little bit more heightened, I think, because of, of, of my situation. You know, and I tend to trust that a lot, and it hasn't led me astray yet. So, and and, and I, I use that. I tend to focus on that a lot too. Like even today, I, I use that quite a bit. So it, it, I tend to trust that a lot. <laughs> Just like all the memories are gone, but there's this higher intuition thing that yes. is still exists where you know this is safe. This is, feels yes. right. Jeff got a tattoo on his arm of a yellow phoenix. In its mouth is a banner that says his name and state ID information, just in case. Penny also had Jeff record a message to himself in case of another episode. If I do have another episode, I won't know any of this ever happened. So I just want to leave a message for myself. If you have another episode and you're in this position again, Trust Penny. Trust her explicitly with everything. You're meant to be together. You may not believe it in your mind, but you will believe it in your heart. How does it feel to listen to that recording of yourself saying, Hi, Jeff, it's it's me, Jeff. You're okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Because uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. You know, because you don't remember doing that. But you know it's you. I mean, it's it's a mirror reflection of you. But there's that slight disconnect. But you still have that intuition that's like going, oh, 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 okay. I've got to, I've got to listen to me. <laughs> of anybody, I've got to listen to me. <laughs> Jeff used to tell Penny he was afraid of forgetting their wedding. And Penny would tell him not to worry. If he forgot, they'd have another one. What's also interesting is this idea that you have had and had so many different opportunities to fall back in love with Penny. And and sometimes mm-hmm. I think we we hear that, okay, you fall in love with someone when you're this age or and then you just get married and you stay with them maybe because it's easier and you have a life together. But you had to make the choice to fall back in love with Penny a number of times. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. did. You always did. What was? Do you remember the last time you fell in love with Penny? I think I fell in love with her almost every day. It's just 
there was just something in her eyes and and her and her soul that I could just feel. There's just the trust and everything was just there, and, it, and you can't put that into words. It's just a feeling. You know, it's just there. Support for This Is Love comes from Shopify. If you've ever had a dream of starting your own business, Shopify can be a great place to start. Shopify is an online platform that lets you sell things online and in person and makes it incredibly easy to accept all kinds of different payment methods, figure out how to charge taxes, how to charge shipping, and get detailed, top-down views on how your sales are going. Some of your favorite brands already rely on Shopify to power their online shops, like Rothy's, Brooklinen, and Allbirds. But you don't need to be well-established to use Shopify. They'll help you at every stage of your business and have tools to help people who are just starting out, like their AI-powered tool, Shopify Magic, or their built-in marketing tools that can help you create and analyze campaigns. Shopify grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash thisislove, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash thisislove now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash thisislove. Back in 2015, Penny was having some issues and um, some physical issues. And we ended up going to a doctor and getting... Uh, having some tests and stuff done. And they said, well, you need to go see another doctor. And we're like going, okay, well, what's up with that? And they said, well, there's there's something going on and we, we don't know what it is. She just uh, kept on getting worse, her cough. She just coughed and coughed and coughed and coughed forever. And it's like, okay, there's got to be something up to this. So I was... I, at that time, I was a CNA. I was trained as a certified nurse's assistant. And I'm going, okay, we've got to go somewhere else. So I took her to up to the local hospital and said, okay, look, there's something more than just a cough. We need to get this checked out. Because she was coughing like eight to nine hours a day, every day. And it's like, what the heck? So within three hours, she was diagnosed and in surgery for stage four colon cancer. And it was just horrible. They said if she didn't get there sooner than that, she probably would have been dead within a month. So she ended up having surgery. It was just awful. Terrible. Oh, I was, we were both like flabbergasted. So um, that night she ended up having surgery. And uh, we were in the, she was in the hospital for two and a half months. Uh, recovering from from that and the worst experience or anything that I, that I could have ever experienced and I stayed with her in the hospital 24 hours a day seven days a week I told my boss like I'm not coming into work I got to take care of I got to take care of my wife what would you say to her in those 
moments of her being in so much pain and recovery. We're trying to recover. I just said, I'm there for you, honey. Just fo focus away from it. Just try to get it. You know, I, I would say, look at me, look at me. I'd, I'd be holding her hand the whole time. I did not leave her side. And she was just, she would bear with it. And that that's an experience I wouldn't hope anybody would have to go through. Anybody would have to go through. That was just awful. I wonder if during that time when she was so sick, and obviously this was so painful for her and painful for you to watch and worrisome, mm -hmm. if you ever sat there in the hospital room thinking, oh no, I can't, I can't get too stressed. I have to try to stay mm -hmm. calm because yeah. if I get stressed, I'm going to disappear. I have to, I can't yeah. have an yeah. episode. Oh yeah, definitely. That was always on on our on our minds when anything was going on. Um, she was always be looking. How are you doing? How are you doing? It's like, don't worry about me. I'm more worried about you. And she said, that's the problem. <laughs> no, we don't want you to have an episode. I said, no, I'm I'm trying. I, I I've been on medication ever since. Um, you know, since they found me in Denver and stuff to keep my moods level. You know how everybody has their their cup half full of stress or, or anything like that and as they add it it goes up to the top and then they kind of re release it down and you know the, the, they have a lot of uh give and leeway for how stress how how much stress they have my 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 cup is always full so one little thing could start spilling things over the edge you know when i'm out so that's what we kind of do that so i've got i had to learn to empty that cup completely and get control of what's going on and hopefully, we we were always hoping, praying, it's like, just don't have an episode, get through this, we can do this. And she was more concerned about what I'm, what's going to happen to me as opposed to what was going on with her. And she always had, she she joked about it in the hospital a little bit, uh, you know, and same thing with her diagnosis. And I know inside, it was probably eating her up emotionally. Not, I know it was eating her up physically, but... Emotionally, I'm sure it was eating her up too. You know, it's like, oh, geez, what's going to happen to Jeff? Uh, what's going to happen to me? You know, it was. I can't. I can only imagine what was going through her mind through all through all of this. Was she funny? Was Penny funny? Oh, she was hilarious. Never mind. She was fantastic. She was so funny. It was crazy. She was sharp witted and. Had a zest for life that I could, I haven't seen in anybody else since, you know. So, once we had the hospital episode, or once she was out of the hospital, you know, she had a good doctor. She had really good doctors at the clinic and stuff, and she'd have um, her her chemo treatments at the local clinic, which were eight hours a day, five days a week. And I'd go in there and sit with her the whole time. I wouldn't do anything. I'd just sit there and make sure if she needed a blanket, I'd go get her a blanket. If she wanted a snack, I'd go grab her a snack. And I'd just sit there and, and just be with her. How long did she live? She fought like you wouldn't believe for two and a half years. And it was not an easy fight. And she passed away on December the 10th, and 2017. 
and and the biggest fear for me, sorry, but for for now, is like if I have another episode, I lose her again. And it's not just the fact that I lose her again, but then I lose everything. I lose all of her, all of her. And she's not there to remind you. I mean, when you're with somebody, you there's moments and stuff that are just between you and her, or between you and, and the person that you're with, and the views of everything around it are moments that you can never get back and nobody can tell you what those moments were like because they're just between you two. And there's probably, I don't know, a gazillion moments like that that I had with her because we were just, we, we did everything together. And to lose that would be horrible. To have those, all of that gone again would be very, very difficult for me. Or, or, you know, even the thought of losing that again is horrific for me. Because you'll have no memory of Penny. You'll only have other people's memories of Penny at that point. Yeah, exactly. You know, all, all those intimate and personal moments will be gone. You know, it. she must have loved you an awful lot to stay oh, with you yeah. through all of these <laughs> things. I mean, that... This isn't an easy task to 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 love a man and to marry a man, knowing that he might, he might just for you know this is no he will forget you at 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 some point he will forget you <laughs> you know that's uh I mean that takes a hell of a strong person knowing knowing that something's going to happen eventually and that you your life is to, or his life and and mental thing is is in your hands. So it must so I must have meant something to her. <laughs> and, and and a lot to her too. Cause a lot of people I think if they were put in that same situation, they'd be running to the hills. You know, it's like, no sorry, I'm I didn't sign up for that. See you later, bye. <laughs> but it kinda takes a relationship that you can really trust each other and say, hey, I'm here for better or for worse, and guess what? It can't get any worse than that. <laughs> Is there one memory that you worry about losing more than any other, remembering her in, in a certain scene or scenario or time that you think, oh, oh, I really don't want to, I really don't want to forget that? Actually, just the way that she looked at me and the way that she said, I love you. I have a recording of uh, of her saying "I love you" on my on my phone when she left me a, a voice message one time, and I still have that on on my phone, and I listen to it every now and then. I think that's what I would miss the most. Before Penny and Jeff met, he'd driven a Ford Mustang. He'd sold it when he moved from Canada to Olympia to live with Penny, and before she died, they'd bought a Mustang together a 45th anniversary edition. Before the car arrived, she passed away. So she never got to see it, she never got to ride in it, but she knew what I was gonna do to it. So afterwards, I keep her alive. I have, this car has been modified, extremely modified. 
and it is now called the license plate is a personal license plate and it's called my penny it's in her favorite color which was pink and it is a beautiful beautiful car which represents her soul completely when i look at the when people look at this car they see penny and it's just amazing This Is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Susanna Robertson is our producer. Engineering by Russ Henry. Audio mix by Michael Rayfield, Johnny Vincevens, and Rob Byers of Final Final V2. We have a lot of different kinds of merch for the show, including a new onesie with a baby whale on it. You can see it all at thisislovepodcast.com. Follow us online and let us know what you think about this story, or if you have another story you'd like to hear us cover, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Radiotopia.